and welcome into episode number two of this PHFL uh, NFL podcast. Our week four review will promise to be a little bit shorter in length than we were last week. Our first podcast, I think we got a little bit excited and talked for far too long. We'll try and keep it closer to an hour, an hour and a half this week, but we can't promise anything. I'm joined again this week, as always, hopefully, by uh, by Kai. Hello, Kai. How are we? Not Good too to bad. Be back. Hopefully, a bit quicker this week. Fingers Not crossed. Babble on as much. Exactly. And uh, fan favourite, Mikey. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> not too bad. It's good to speak to you both again. I mean, I'm claiming fan favorite. I've not had anyone to say that you're not a fan favorite. So, well, um, just quick update on the whole uh, Nick Mullins being a fan of the show. He did get in touch with me saying that he wanted to be a guest on a future podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, th- another shout out to Nick Mullins. We're going to make that a weekly thing. Yeah, but you see, <laughs> I've told him that he's getting dropped for CG Bethard. So, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. We might bring Bethard in, but. Uh, we're getting very far ahead of ourselves. That was Sunday Night Football in that game. Yeah. Uh, but we'll quickly jump into our uh, Week 4 review. Our first game being uh, Thursday Night Football, where Denver travelled to the New York Jets, where I'm sure we said last week that was going to be a really boring game and none of us were going to stay up to watch it. So, of course, it ended up being a 37-28 thriller. Uh, it's always bound to happen, isn't it? The ones you don't watch end up being exciting. Exactly. Um, not so boring. Uh, and I'm sure we'll come on to it later in the show, but somehow, even after that performance, Adam Gase has not been the first coach to be sacked this year. Um, no. And he insists on still giving the ball to Frank Gore, who's uh, 2. <laughs> 2. 2.3 yards a carry in that game, which is woeful. But for a 63-year-old to have that many yards per carry is actually pretty <laughs> impressive, isn't it? <clears throat> certainly is. On the other side of the ball, Melvin Gordon ran a bit better. I've just said, welcome to the game. With uh, all those yards and those touchdowns? Yeah, he looks as if he's uh, decided to get his finger out just in time for Philip Lindsay coming back. Um, be interesting to see with the two of them back in for next week, whether he, he has the same kind of production rate. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a, uh, a big win for the Broncos, I would say. Uh, I think they had to kind of get pull something out the bag because um, they've struggled so far this season. Yeah, they certainly have. Um, and I'm sure I saw something online that said Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for uh, for the New York Jets, somehow managed to concede 37 points to a, a, a Denver Broncos team that was using their third-choice quarterback. They've lost one of their running backs. They don't have their first choice, uh, their number one receiver, and you're still conceding 37 points to that offense. Yeah, I mean, considering we thought it was going to be a, a probably a low-scoring boring game um, yeah, it, I watched the highlights it, it seemed that the Broncos were putting all the pieces together from the pieces that, that uh, even though they were missing a lot of pieces so um, <clears throat> excuse me but Sam Darnold I just feel bad for the guy I do think he's a, a very good quarterback um, you've seen it with that what was it 46 yard rushing touchdown um, when he came out of the pocket but the, the question that you need to ask probably Jets fans is are they willing to move on from Darnold if they get the number one pick and they bring in someone like Trevor Lawrence? That's I think that's going to be the big question if they realise that they're going to go into full-on tank mode. I think um, they, they've already come out and said, or there's a rumour that come next week, uh, Sam Darnold would start. Um, so I don't know whether that's to give him a rest or whether it's 
to try and see whether Joe Flacco can maybe be a bit more productive. Um, I have noted here that Jamison Crowder being back was a bit of a, a gain for the, the Jets. They at least had a bit more fight in them and they looked as if they had a, a few more options. Yeah, um, he had 100 he yards. Over, over 100, yeah, over 100 receiving yards. So um, it, it looks like him, him being back is, is definitely not going to turn the season around. He's not quite that kind of receiver, but at least gives them another option to to play with. Quickly on the Sam Darnold not playing point, I think he went off for a few snaps with a yeah a, an injury. And uh, as you say, there's talk that ah, okay. they might give him the time off to properly recover from it because he came back into the game. But... Yeah. Um, with them still going four so far in the season, maybe they will uh give him that extra time off. Something needs to change. Definitely. Um, I think I think when you see as well, and um, and I'm sure we'll get to him at some point, is uh Robbie Anderson doing very well for the Carolina Panthers just now. That it looks like the the Jets are missing someone like that. I know they're obviously missing Le'Veon Bell. I know he's got his his critics, but I think if you bring those two pieces back into the offense. Would they still be on four potentially? But I, I think they'd be putting up a lot more of a fight. Anderson's a really good deep threat, um, and I just think they're they're missing a lot of pieces on offense to to try and pick up any wins this season. Yeah, quick question before we move on: Are the Jets the worst team in the NFL? Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. I would I'd, say so. I, I don't think it takes much consideration there. No, certainly not. Ever happy to move on then? That really boring. Slash exciting Thursday night game. Sums up that game. Exactly. Uh, move on to the first game on the Sunday. I keep saying Sunday afternoon, but really where we are, it's <laughs> still Sunday night because we're in the west coast uh-huh. of Scotland. But uh, the Baltimore Ravens travelling to uh, the Washington football team. I'll make sure I'm saying their name right because I'm sure I said it wrong last week. Um, Baltimore won uh, 31 points to 17. Uh, my first point here, and Kai... Put it in our group chat during the game because he was fairly excited with that fifty-yard touchdown run from Lamar. Yes, as a as a oh, Lamar. Are we like to see the quote that he said? Uh, not not if it has foul language in it. No. I, if you can remember it, Mikey, feel free. Oh no, no, I think we can't say that. that. Basically, Kai wanted to carry Lamar Jackson's babies. Is what he no, basically I, said. I wanted Lamar Jackson to carry my babies. Oh, that's better then. That's a <laughs> lot better. Is that more acceptable? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't think either is entirely acceptable. Uh, no, as a Lamar Jackson uh, holder in both fantasy leagues we play in, um, it was very pleasant to see him run 50 yards for a touchdown. I didn't realise you had him in uh, Dynasty as well. I do, yes. Oh. Um, yeah, I think as as we probably mentioned last week and as we said um, throughout this week, I think the Ravens were always going to react and I think he kind of saw that. Um, as much as the the score kind of stayed very dominant towards the Ravens, I don't think it was it was a no contest in the end. It never really looked in doubt for the Ravens. Yeah, I've got uh, down here looking at the Washington side of the football that uh, I feel Antonio Gibson's properly making that backfield his own at the moment. You know, there was a bit of Peyton Barber at the start to begin with, some McKissick in there as well. But Gibson had 13 carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he also in the, the passing game, four receptions, 82 yards. Uh, no touchdown there. But he had that big uh, big catch for 40 yards, which uh, he finished that drive with a rushing touchdown. I feel as if the Brights... Uh, there's, there's, there's something to look forward to in Washington there. I don't think they're as bad as some people thought they might be. No. 
I think that they always they weren't going to light light the league up this season. I don't think. Um, but they've got a lot of good young players. Um, I mean, they only had sixty nine rushing yards total, and Antonio Gibson had forty six of them. Um, Dwayne Haskins again, as much as I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of him. It's only second year in the league. Do I see progression? Maybe not, but you never know. Terry McLaurin, at ten receptions, hundred and eighteen yards. There's there's pieces there for sure. Um, it just depends. I think Ron Rivera is is the right guy to lead this team um, for the upcoming couple of years, but I, I do see uh, potential in this side. I totally agree. And can I just say with Ron Rivera that how I find it's ridiculous that he's currently undergoing treatment for cancer, yeah. while still yeah. being there at the games on the sideline yeah. while in the you middle of this tell. COVID pandemic. <laughs> I mean, we're what, only four games into the season and he came in uh, in the off-season and you can just tell how much the, the team loves him. Um, they set up a, a little fan zone with all his um, family and friends, cardboard cutouts, even a couple of pictures of his dogs and things like that. And you don't do that for someone that you don't deep care deeply about. And um, you can tell that Ron Rivera's a, a good guy. He's, he's trying to bring in a massive culture change to a franchise that desperately needs it. And Honestly, I think if you'd told a lot of people beforehand or asked a lot of people who would be the right man to lead them, I think a lot of people would have said Ron Rivera. Yeah, and uh, fingers crossed for me, who has Antonio Gibson in, again, both forms of fantasy, that Rivera decides to use Gibson like he used uh, CMC at the Panthers. Because uh, then Gibson will be a very high-scoring uh, player for me. Also, just a, a shout-out to Mark Andrews as well, who weirdly had a small stat line almost similar to Mike Evans. Uh what was it, three receptions, fifty seven yards but two touchdowns. And um, one of his passes were for twenty five yards. So a, a weirdly quiet game but also a, a very big game for him as well. And I think he needed those touchdowns because he was poor against the Chiefs, um, dropped an end zone pass and wasn't really effective in the red zone. So um yeah, it's good to see him bounce back. Curse Mark Andrews. <laughs> week one yeah, I think, scored all those touchdowns against me when I was playing you in fantasy Mikey and then doesn't do anything for two weeks and then decides to come back with two touchdowns against me again yeah. this week in fantasy just want to say to the the fans that you know over the last two weeks I have beaten both Kai and Adam in fantasy league and I'm now 3-1 just wanted I, to say that can I point out to the fans that in the last three weeks of the, the fantasy season Mikey has played the lowest scoring team in our league all three weeks and every one of those three weeks, if he'd played anyone else, he would have lost. Your time is coming, Michael. You make your own luck. Yeah, well, exactly. He'll say um, that's no. the form of a champion, you see, getting that luck. <laughs> um, also, um, the just when you mentioned Mark Andrews and his uh, pretty low stat line, like the, the Ravens didn't really pass the ball again. They're not really coming across as a very pass-heavy uh, offense. It's only... A, Lamar Jackson only had 193 passing yards. Um, a wee cameo appearance from Robert Griffin as well, um, who decided to throw the longest pass ever for an interception. The yeah. only snap he played in the whole game. <laughs> uh, it's impressive uh, to do that in your only snapping. Yep, and then a wee uh, fake punt as well for um, Sam. I don't know how to say that second name. I'm going to go Koch. 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 Yes. Could get that very wrong, being exactly. from the west coast of Scotland. Um, yeah, so three three passing players for the um, for the Ravens there, but I think um, Andrews is probably the target of their passing offense at the moment. Yeah, I mean they're definitely doesn't appear to do much. They're definitely uh, rush 
rush heavy that offense. Uh, I mean, you can see between them, uh, Edwards, Ingram, Dobbins, all kind of having you know between five and nine attempts, as well as Jackson obviously running the ground. I think just yeah. if you're looking at fantasy, you don't want any of them because it's going to be touchdown dependent because they're just going to cycle between all three of them. They're all yeah. decent rushers, and uh, I think that definitely when they get ahead, the Ravens are going to win a football match because they are they're just going to run, run, yeah. run, yeah. What one person who I, I did see um the past two weeks small sample size for the Ravens is um Devin Duvernay uh scored that uh, punt return touchdown against the Chiefs Very third fast. round pick this year. Um wasn't that active this week but I mean you just see the speed in him. Um he's he's a Baltimore Ravens style player. I think that depending on injuries or anything like that we, we could see him in the future and I, I think he's got a lot of potential. Yep, I agree. Anything else to add in this game? Nope, I nope. think we've covered them. Good. Then let's move on to the battle of the youngest quarterback starting that week and the oldest quarterback when the Chargers went to Tampa Bay. And uh, and Tampa Bay came back, having been down at the start of the game, and won 38 points to 31. Did you know that this is the first time in Tom Brady's career that he's thrown five touchdown passes to five different receivers in a game? I did not know that. That's, that's, impressive. that's the first time ever <laughs> I also, in his whole career. Um, for the first maybe first half of the game, I thought it was Jameis Winston playing for the Bucks again at quarterback, just Aye. constantly throwing pick sixes. But yep. very unlike Tom Brady. I mean, I think he threw one in his his very last throw for the Patriots was a pick six against the Titans, um, and then I think he threw one first game of the season uh, against the Saints, yep. done one again here. Um, but it was almost um, I, I thought they were written off. Round about half time. Um, I think the Chargers were maybe up twenty four to fourteen at some point, which I know isn't a massive uh, difference, but uh, credit to the Buccaneers. I thought they were very, very good in the second half. It was twenty four seven. Just before the Bucks managed to get a touchdown, just before half time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um, yeah, Tom Brady. If you want anybody uh, on a comeback, comeback run in the second half or a comeback drive, it's probably Tom Brady. Yeah, played. Uh, I've got down eight. Tom Brady plays angry post interception. I think he managed to rile himself up with interception and then goes and uh, throws five touchdowns after that. Yeah. Um. On the uh, on the other side of the ball, I thought Justin Herbert was absolutely phenomenal again. It just he seems to grow in confidence week on week. Um. I know he threw through that interception, but. To have the confidence he has to throw the pass, I think it was to um, Johnson. I think it was, I think almost 55, 60 yards. He was getting closed down pretty quick. Um, pocket was kind of closing very quickly, and he he launched the biggest pass ever um, for a touchdown. So, as I've said before, he's really not short of confidence, and I think that confidence just grows week on week. How much of it is Keenan Allen? Because Keenan Allen was targeted 12 times in that game and the next highest was Hunter yeah. Henry and uh, Kelly with three. Keenan Allen makes things look easy, honestly. I think he's a... I would put him in that elite bracket of wide receivers. I think just because he's on a... I don't want to say lesser uh, fr- franchise or team, but I mean, some of the catches he made, that the, the, the toe drag at the uh, in one of the quarters was one of the best catches I've seen this season. Um I think just to go back to Justin Herbert, I mean, when you throw an interception, it usually affects your passer rating, but he was that active that he still had a passer rating of 137.9, which is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> especially, for a, especially for a rookie quarterback. But, I mean, I, I watched quite a lot of um, 
college ball last season and, and he was brilliant at Oregon. He just, it was, I mean, I think he had a 72, 70, his longest throw was 72 yards um, for one of the touchdowns. Those were the kind of throws he did for the Ducks uh, in college as well, which was, it's just amazing to see him uh, have the confidence to do that in the NFL as well. Can we quickly yeah. touch on Austin Eckler? I've just said the Chargers struggle without Eckler. Yeah. Um, I think once he went off, they looked a bit lost. Well, as you can see, Justin Herbert was the lead rusher of 14 yards. Yeah. Jackson averaging one and a half yards a carry. Kelly, 0.8 yards per carry. Yeah, but I mean, I know obviously after the Eckler injury, he only had two attempts, but Kelly had nine attempts. I know only for seven yards, but he's had some good games already at the start of the season, Kelly. So... Does he have the confidence to know that he's going to be the number one lead back there for the next what, two or three weeks? Um, I just don't think the Chargers' offensive line um, has enough to, to support the, the rushing game unless you're Austin Eckler. I think this is probably where you'll see Justin Herbert being tested a bit more. Um, he doesn't have someone like Eckler that he can kind of dump the ball off to and let him kind of chew up a few yards. Um, he's having to put a bit more trust in not a, not lesser players, but probably less experienced guys. Um, and then you might also find, like you say with Keenan Allen, you might find they, they target him even more than he already was. So be interesting to see what happens with no, uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah, just quickly looking at the other side, rushing Ronald Jones over 100 yards, doing well there. And, uh, yeah. and Mike Evans improving on his two catches, two yards, two touchdowns with uh, seven catches for 122 in the touchdown this week. Yeah, I'd, uh, with having Ronald Jones uh, in fantasy, that was rather satisfying this week. Um, I think he's kind of been boiling under, especially week one and two. I think he kind of showed that he, he could probably have the backfield to himself if he was kind of given it. Um, and then obviously this week was the perfect opportunity with Leonard Fournette being out. The next, I mean, he, he had 20, 20 rushing attempts um, and Keyshawn Vaughn and Sean McCoy just miles behind them with three and one uh, respectively but I think I, th- I think when Fournette comes back it might revert back to, to what it was before it becomes yeah, a committee approach and he's not really relevant again but you never know I think um, some interesting news with the Bucks for their upcoming game because they, they've got short week they play on Thursday in Chicago um, OJ Howard I think is out for the year or out for the season yeah um, Chris Godwin might not be able to to play. Evans looked a little banged up. I also think um, Miller uh, is also potentially injured. So they do not have a lot of receiving uh, talent So for the upcoming game, potentially. So, again, could see Ronald Jones getting the ball a lot. I mean, he had 20 attempts. Might see 25 touches, maybe even more. Um, maybe see more of Gronk for the first time. Um, but that remains to be seen. But... This will be a, a very interesting short week for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of the amount of injuries they have in the receiving core. I think they might be looking to try and get uh, Keyshawn Vaughn involved a little bit more in that passing yeah. game. Because uh, you saw the first week, I think he he dropped something and I think Brady then can avoid them for a bit. But certainly he caught that touchdown yesterday and he had another a chance to, I think, catch another one, certainly near the, the goal line. Um, I think they might, especially with the lack of receivers, they might try and use him. Obviously they had McCoy in there originally. They brought him yeah. in and already a crowded backfield to use as a third down back, but he's not really seen as much of the play he as I think people expected. He doesn't really seem to do much there. Yeah. 
it's just a utility man. Exactly. Anything uh, anything else to add on that on that game? No, I've got head shakes all round. So we can move on to game four, which was the Seattle Seahawks away to Miami. And I'm sure um we'll talk about this in our prediction section <laughs> later on. Um but the the Seahawks won thirty one points to twenty three. Uh I've said here not the best game for Fitzpatrick, especially with that uh Interception early on, he had two interceptions in the game, no touchdowns. No touchdowns. But, but he has actually been confirmed as the starter for this coming week. There's a lot of talk that Tua might get thrown in for this coming week, but I think he's already been confirmed as a yeah. starter. Doesn't doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I also don't think you're going. I know they've had their injuries, but are you really going to throw Tua in against the San Francisco 49ers in California? No. Exactly. So, so that would be a very stupid uh, decision to make. Um, I know Brian Flores is a lot smarter than that. Um, but I just, there was one stat I was just looking at there and it was just, I didn't think Chris Carson was going to start this week. I really didn't. I, I've got him in another league that I, I play in. And I, as soon as I seen the injury last week that we spoke about, it just looked like he was going to miss this week. A hundred percent. And he, he was announced as active just before the game. And I thought, okay, they're not going to play him that much then. And I just can't believe it. He also had to go into the blue tent with a concussion at one point. And I was like, well, that's him done. He came out and scored another touchdown. This guy is just, you, you cannot keep him off the field at the moment. Now, he's a really, really good I, I, I running back. I took the gamble. <laughs> yeah, well, it paid off, certainly. He's a really, really good running yeah. back. But certainly in fantasy, I attempt to avoid him whenever I can because I just think half the time he's not going to be on the field because yeah. he seems to be so injury prone. But it's good to see at least this season he seems to be coming back from and is supposed to have been off for a, a couple of weeks. Um, yep. I, was, I, I mean, I have here a disappointing week for Russ only because he only threw two touchdowns instead of his normal five that he's been throwing so far this season. You know, I've, but, I've just got Russell Wilson is actually human. Um, it's his se- second interception this year. Um, he only threw five all of last season, so he's, he's not on a very good trajectory so far. Um, but I think... I think, um, obviously, like you say, we'll probably discuss this later on, it wasn't quite as much of a, a blowout for the, the Seahawks as I think people would have anticipated. I think the, the Dolphins managed to keep it a bit closer. Um, whether that was the Dolphins doing that and playing well or whether that was just the Seahawks kind of stumbling a wee bit. Um, Jordan Howard increased his, uh, his average yards per carry. Because yep. his average was one yard a carry today, so that increased his average, which was 0.75 per carry before today. Two carries for two <coughs> yards. Exactly. No <laughs> touchdown this week, so disappointed if you're a fantasy owner. Uh, yeah, the, the one, one thing I had in fantasy was, this was quite an important game for me. I, I had to bring in the, the Seahawks D because the Steelers uh, obviously had to postpone their game, which we'll get to, but it was one of those games where... I had Devontae Parker on one side of the ball and when he went off the field I had uh, DK Metcalf so um, both of them over 100 yards receiving um, Devontae Parker 12 targets he had the most targets of anyone on either side of the ball 10 receptions 110 yards um, no touchdowns though Metcalf only 4 receptions but for 106 yards just proving that he's still one of the biggest uh, deep threats in the league and when you're playing with the best deep ball passer in the league you're going to get those targets um, which was good to see I just I love DK Metcalf. I can't say enough about him. I don't particularly like him, uh, especially when he's <laughs> against me in fantasy and gets all those points. <laughs> Anything else to mention in that game? I say it, it seemed to... 
was a little bit closer than we thought, but basically we have, most people expected. I'm not going to say everyone. Most people expected a, a, a Miami loss. Yeah. And, uh, and just just prop, props to Miami, though. I think a, a lot of people, except one, thought that they were going <laughs> to get rolled over in this Seattle game. Um, but I think they made a very good account of themselves. And, I mean, they can, they can go into next week again against a very tough opponent again um, and maybe try and, and take something from that game. I'm not quite think, sure what um, the spread was. The Sorry, but I think I think they covered the spread, Miami. I think the spread was around nine for yep. that game, nine just or ten. So they covered the spread. Just, just in yeah. the one. Um, I just off the back of what we were talking about last week with Miles Gaskin and um, Mike Desicki, like we'd obviously mentioned the two of them about Mike Desicki had one reception for 15 yards this week. Um, Same as last week, but last week's was a touchdown. S- Last week's was a touchdown, and then obviously Gaskin only going for 40 yards. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick and his wonderful legs, as I called them last week. Yes, um, wonderful with, legs. With just shy of 50 yards, obviously, for a touchdown. So if he's not getting it done through the air, then he seems to be seems to be running a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Dolphins, like Mikey said, they give a good account of themselves last week. I don't think they'll be too, too disheartened by the performance. Yep, I agree. I think we can move on to a game that probably had the biggest talking point, not necessarily on the field, but certainly after, where Minnesota travelling to Houston. Uh, Minnesota won 31 points in 23, and after the game, Bill O'Brien was fired as general manager, head coach, and play caller from the Houston Texans. Uh, About time. Romeo, I think his surname's pronounced Crenell, is the interim head coach, uh, and the Texans have since announced that's for the rest of the season. I thought they might yeah. try and bring someone in, but according to their press release, they've said that he's the interim head coach for the rest of the season. So I think it, it's difficult if you... You could bring Bill Belichick into a team that's own four and they would still struggle a lot, especially without yeah. you know what we spoke about in the past with Hopkins. So I think it's maybe best just to just to chalk this season off to a loss. Um, who knows? Could they get a top 10 pick? I don't know. I still think they, they've got enough talent to win games. Um but yeah, I think the it was a good decision to make. Um, he's he's not been the best head coach. He's not a good man manager either. From a lot of things I've read and listened to in the past. So, um, yeah, hopefully, chalk this season off to a loss of the Texans and then usher in a new era next year. To answer your question regarding the top ten pick, no, they can't get a top ten pick because they've traded the first and second rounder to Miami for Larry Tunsil at left tackle. <laughs> yeah. So even if well, they do tank, they don't get that pick. <laughs> Maybe a, maybe a new era in, ten, in uh, two years' time. Exactly. Um, I've got noted down here that actually as head coach, before because he, he's taken on the general uh, manager, the GM hat, recently, but as head coach, pre-Watson, now bear in mind, they didn't really have a, a very good quarterback during then. At one point they had Os- uh, Brett Os- uh, Brock Osweiler, oh, didn't they? Oh. Um, Pre-Watson, he had three nine and seven seasons which is no bad for a team that really doesn't have, didn't have a quarterback. And since they've had Watson, there's been two 10-plus win seasons. But yeah. really, I, I've got here that his, his GM hat kind of killed him. And especially, I think, that trade... Uh, I think that, folk, folk talk, that, that trade Hopkins for jo- for David Johnson. Oh and then God. obviously trading all those first, round, uh, first and second round. It's not just the first round, it's the first and second round pick for next year they traded to get uh, Larry Tunsil. When you do that as well, especially when those two things happen, and the thing that happened before it was that playoff loss to the Chiefs when they were up, the Chiefs when they were up what twenty four zip. Like it's just, it was. I know 
the Chiefs are a phenomenal team, but it really should have been the Texans uh, in that AFC Championship game when they when they go out to a lead like that, especially when you've got people like JJ Watt on the ball uh, there. So, yeah, it's it's been a very crazy six months for the Texans, but yeah, as we said, it's it's time to to start something new. Moving on to I the think, uh, oh, on you go, Kent. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say probably the same thing as you. I think we've got to give a bit of credit to the Vikings here as well. Um, having been 0-3 going into this game, it was the battle of battle of the bad as such, uh, 0-3. But I don't think the Vikings have been that bad so far this season. No, and I was uh, just going to say, Dalvin Cook, 27 rushing attempts. Yeah, I was going to say running backs, have, well, running backs win the day for Vikings, but actually, when you look, he, he scored the two touchdowns, Alexander Madison scores a third Um but Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson both went for over 100 yards. Uh, Adam Thielen obviously with a touchdown as well. Justin Jefferson appears to have done that in half the number of receptions as Thielen did. He's averaging 25.8 <laughs> yards a catch. Yeah. <laughs> get, but I've just, just pretty bad. Looking at the receiving game, as you say, Thielen and Jefferson catch 12 balls between them and there's only four catches the rest of the team. So From basically, else, basically yeah. and Cousins is looking at those two receivers and just throwing at them. Mm. Two, two of those other four catches are from Dalvin Cook, who's already doing most of the work running. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson tried. He really did, did did try, but it just, every time it looked as if he was maybe starting to get a momentum going or uh, something, he would just kind of stumble a bit. I think he's struggling with not having, like we said last week, he's really struggling with not having someone other than Will Fuller really to throw the ball to. Um, yeah. One thing that surprised me a lot in the stat lines this week is that Deshaun Watson only had nine rushing yards. Um, myself and Kai and uh, our friend Sean as well, who's in the league, we went to, to Wembley last season to see the Texans-Jags game. And I'd thought it for a long time, but I just think that that confirmed it when we were at Wembley is that Deshaun Watson is the best scrambler in the NFL. Um He's so good at breaking out the pocket, making plays, uh, breaking the sack, avoiding the tackle, things like that. And to only have nine yards um, against the Vikings, D, who isn't what it used to be. I think we've spoke about that in the past. Surprising to see that. Um, I just think, yeah, they're at a complete loss for once just now. Um, trying to see who they have next week. Playing uh, the Jags next week, actually, yeah. in the divisional game. At home, potentially a chance for a win there. But again, with everything just up in the air, it's, it's, it's a hard one to predict. Well, I'm quickly going to move on from this because uh, we have a little game that we're playing later on and the Houston Texans may or may not be part of that game. So I'm sure oh, we can talk okay. about them a little bit later on in more detail if we have to. But basically just covering that big story that Bill O'Brien's the first coach to go. I'm sure not many people would have put money on that. I'm sure Mikey last uh, week was talking about Dan Quinn and Adam Gase as the two that he'd like to see. Well, not maybe not like I, to see, but certainly suggest. Would no, no, that, I don't have many notes this week, but at the very top of my sheet, it's block capitals in bold and underlined Adam Gase and Dan Quinn out. I will continue to hammer that home until they're gone. <laughs> uh, I actually Sorry, just... Um, oh, on you go. It's, it's, it's just sprung to mind that I meant to talk about it earlier. Um, I don't know if either of you saw the video of uh, the end of the Broncos-Jets game, but basically um, there was a number of... Um, pretty physical fouls and penalties on the Jets uh, towards the end of the game and the Broncos head coach whose name has totally slipped my mind Vic Vangio Vic Vangio yeah. there we go um, basically ran onto the field 
with a number of explicitives at the end of the game and uh, pulled his full team off the field without, you know, engaging with the Jets. Wouldn't shake hands, told them to go straight up the tunnel and into the uh, locker room. Um, so I don't think he was too impressed with the way the Jets were playing. Um, you see, you see, I think some people, uh, I'd heard that that had happened as well, but some people had attempted to spin it that the reason they were doing that was for uh, not mingling with the other team too long in terms of COVID. And I and I was like, having watched it, I was like, I'm not sure he's just doing that so that they don't catch COVID off this other team. He's quite aggressive in yeah. the way he says it and the way he does it. I don't think he's doing that to keep um, his team safe from COVID. No, I would agree with you. But uh, anyway, yes, uh, I had a, a little comment of uh, of somebody saying that they were a bit upset's the wrong word, but with our. Uh, slating of the New York-based teams because they were a fan of the New York teams and my response they to them was stop. well, see when uh, see when those New York teams actually are good, then we'll stop slating them so, Adam Gase out there we go, that's yep. especially for you shout out to whoever that was uh, it was actually my younger brother oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to slate them then exactly, we'll move on to the next game which was uh, the New Orleans Saints travelling to the Detroit Lions 35-29 New Orleans Saints won that game. And here is my stat of the day. For e- and normally I have one for each game. Detroit were leading 14 nothing. Okay? Yep. And this is the sixth straight time that they have been... Uh, they, that they've taken a double-digit lead and lost the game. Now, it's not six straight games they've went to a double-digit lead, but in the last six games that they have taken a double-digit lead, they have lost that game. Uh... And that That's is stretching nice. back to Thanksgiving last year. And that is an NFL all-time record. Like, the 100 years of the it's NFL, no other team has managed to go six straight six straight double-digit leads blown. Now, obviously, they won last week against the Cardinals, but they were never ahead by double digits. I so don't think that's that's not the kind of NFL record that you want to have against your name, is it? No. Like, people probably dream about having NFL records, but I don't think that's the kind of one and you want. We say that the Falcons bottle all the leads, but clearly it's the Lions that are doing this. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think it comes down to, like you say, obviously they went 14 nothing up very, very quickly. Uh, they were still 14 7 up going into the second quarter, and then I think it's just come down to an absolute blowout from the Saints in the second quarter, which they, I think they ended up winning 21 nothing in the second quarter yeah. to get themselves up 28-14 going in at halftime um, with the, the Lions like you say just seem to fall apart a wee bit they actually um, had they only 35 uninterrupted points yeah madness um, I think that, that this game to me came down to one play which was um, a Matthew Stafford interception uh, maybe within the 10 yard line Um when you look at the scoreline at the end, I know the Saints put up 34 unanswered points or 35 unanswered points, but it could have been a different game if they'd scored from that um, that, that touchdown at that point. Um, again, similar to the Dolphins, it, in, for long stretches in this game, I don't think the Lions were bad. I think Matthew Stafford is a very, very good quarterback. Um, but yeah, I think this just came down to roster depth um, and Drew Brees really coming along. I think he had a, a really, really good game this week. As soon as I drop him off my fantasy team, there you go. He ends up having a good week. But uh, I've, I've definitely, in, in regards to that, I've got the uh, the Detroit defense just couldn't go off the field. Um, eighty three percent third down conversion, 
for uh, for New Orleans Saints, and they also had a fourth down, Alvin Kamara twenty nine yard reception uh, at one point, uh, and yeah. you're like on fourth down you can't be giving up twenty nine yards, you know, like, and they just couldn't get off off the field. Um, right at the start of the game, I say in our regroup chat, I had a lovely message off of Kai uh, having having me ask the question if Swift was being punished for uh, for his work week one what did he do oh go and get that uh receiving touchdown yep. right at the start i said uh yeah i've got that written down like deandre swift uh confidence builder by the looks of it uh he's barely seen the ball once since he dropped it and um, so like adam says what do you do give him the ball in the first first reception of the game and he catches it for a touchdown um he didn't do much after that, to be fair. No, I'm just uh, looking at the stat line. <laughs> he only he only had three other receptions um, for 30 yards and uh, four rushes for 22 yards, so he wasn't exactly very active. But uh, I definitely think it will help him grow in confidence a wee bit. Um, the, on the other side of the ball, I think confidence builder, obviously we know, we know um, Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith. <laughs> My God, can he speak? Traquan Smith, uh, as much as he only had four receptions, uh, he was averaging 14 yards of reception and got two touchdowns. Yeah, I was um, impressed with that. I think he I think he had a good showing. Uh, I think it shows that Drew Brees trusts more than just um, Alvin Kamara and um, Michael Thomas, obviously with Emmanuel Sanders and, and Smith kind of getting a wee bit of um, work. But Latavius Murray also impressed me in the sense that it must be hard being Latavius Murray and being like second string to someone like Alvin Kamara, who just always seems to play well. Um, but then Latavius Murray comes away with 64 yards and two touchdowns this week. Kind of outshone Kamara a wee bit. Yeah, I, I know that Latavius Murray's not going to be too upset about that. I mean, we've seen it when um, the Saints love to run kind of two running back sets in yeah. games. We've seen it with um, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara at the time where Ingram was that almost Derek Henry style player and Alvin Kamara was the elusive back. Um, I think Latavius Murray could easily, easily be a, a running back one on many, many teams in the NFL. Um, but I, I Honestly, I think he enjoys his role as what he does. Um, I think with the way that that Saints offence is coached, Latavius Murray they get the best out of him uh, I, in that team. I, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for it, though. Like you yeah. say, I think he does... Kamara does the pretty work and seems to juke in and out of people very easily, but Tavius Murray, like you say, does the does the hard work, he battles folk out of the way. And, um, and as as has happened in previous seasons, if Kamara goes down injured, then Tavius Murray, for fantasy, is almost certainly a running back one. He... With 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 that quality, with that offense, um, but his quality, obviously, as well as you're saying, Mikey, that um, that he'll easily be a running back one uh, for fantasy if Kamara goes down, which we've seen in the past. Yeah. Do we have anything else for that game? <laughs> Just a highlight um, that the Lions fell to one in three last week, um, which was rather surprising. But uh, as as Packers fans, I'm sure uh, not to make you at happy all. Uh, right, next game then. I think many people would suggest this was the game of the week. Oh my gosh. Cleveland yes. at Dallas. 
49 points to 30. I think it might have just covered the over in terms of points. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if maybe the, the over was, you know, 75 points or something like that. <laughs> um, but my interesting fact of this game, did you know that the last two teams to score 49 points or more against the Cowboys have went on to play in the Super Bowl? The Eagles in 2004 and the Broncos in 2013. Interesting. Well, I think, so I think this is the year to buck the. I was going to say, are the Browns getting to the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, I would I'm appear. Uh, appear I'm not. saying it now outright. Clip it if you want. So that's a no to the Browns getting to the Super Bowl. Then is it? Absolutely no way. Um. Um. Odell Beckham. Someone want to talk about him? Clearly, he was listening last week when we were slating him and asking when the hell he would come back. Um. I think. I think you saw. Why he's so exciting as a as a receiver um, and a rusher? Don't forget that. And and a, well, I was going to say, and also the fact that he pulled off one of the best plays the whole game um, by turning himself into Nick Chubb for ten minutes while he was off the park. Um, yeah, he was good. He was very, very, very good this week. Um, and I think probably. Uh, the elephant in the room is that ridiculous play where Jarvis Landry decided to um, take over from Ode- um, not Odell Beckham, take over from Baker Mayfield for one play and throw a left-handed touchdown. I was going to mention that uh, because I wasn't actually watching the games at that point, but I saw the notifications in our wee group chat coming through and it was just, oh, OBJ, Landry, wait, what? I thought it was OBJ. Oh, no, wait, Landry threw it. Oh, wait, did he? Was- ah, all right. <laughs> It was, Mikey went, oh my god, Landry, and I went, no, nah, OBJ caught it, because I, I just thought it was a normal touchdown, and then I watched the replay and noticed that it was Landry that threw it, um, yeah, it was, everything about this game was exciting, Dak Prescott over 500 yards, four touchdowns, and he still lost. And I can't believe that, I'm sure I said this about him last week, was it not, he had over 400 passing yards and lost yeah. the game. Yeah. It- He's on, he's on, uh, he's on track to at, have a new record of passing yards in a season. It's just bizarre looking at the, the stat line here. Just first quarter, Cowboys won it 14-7. to seven. And then in the final quarter, Cowboys won it 24-8. to eight. But in quarter <laughs> two and three, Browns won 24-0 and 10-0 in quarters two and three, which is just... I don't, I don't understand how a, a Cowboys offense that has Dak, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup is 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 putting up zero points over what it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, one thing I've noticed over the past couple of weeks with the Cowboys is how much they're fumbling the ball. Yeah. Like whether it's whether it's Dak or Zeke or anybody else that, that they seem to be fumbling the ball an awful lot. I've got them to win their division. They're one in three just now. But it looks like you could have a losing record and win that division and make the playoffs. I was going to say six wins Um, wins that division, is it? Yeah. I I think you'll find the mighty uh, Philadelphia Eagles will win that division. Don't worry, we'll get get on to them. But uh, Um, personally, though, Mikey, I agree with you. I think a losing record will win this division. Um, At the start of the season, I thought it was going to be a, 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 a tough contest between the Cowboys and the Eagles, but so far, both of them. I mean, I can't really say the Cowboys haven't impressed. Offensively, they're amazing. Just their defense is not existing. I've got it down here. They're, they're, they're in the top three overall point scorers in the NFL at the moment, and they're a one in three record. Like, I think the only two teams to have scored more than them at the moment, bizarrely, are uh, 
I want to see the Packers and potentially the. I think the, I actually think the Cleveland Browns might be in the top three of point scorers now. As I'm well. not sure they can be. They only get six points week one. Are they not against Baltimore. I'm going to I'm going to du- double check this at the moment. Well, we do that though. I'll I'll, I'll talk about this rushing game and I don't often voice my opinions or things. I'll leave that to the two of you, but I'll voice my opinion. Obviously, we've got the Nick Chubb injury. Um, so that kind of two-headed monster that was there has lost one of its heads in, uh, in Chubb. Yep. But uh, Kareem Hunt, I think, stepped up to the plate very well there. And yeah. also the, the the boy Johnson, who not many folk were talking about, uh, stepped in very well. 95 yards on his 13 attempts. And I think, I mean, they had 307 rushing yards. And that was including, Madness. I mean, Nick Chubb, their lead running back, was injured in the game. And they still got 307 rushing yards. So we said at the start of the season, like the last podcast, I suppose, that Stefanski coming over from the Vikings, we saw he likes to rush the ball, and that's exactly what he's doing here. 307 yards and 40 attempts. I mean, seven. <laughs> I can't believe that. Seven and a half yards and attempt. That was obviously helped by the, the fact that Odell Beckham rushed twice for 73 yards. But yeah. um, but definitely, I think I think Hunt and Johnson will be able to take that load that, that Chubb, uh, Chubb uh, would normally have taken uh, before that injury. Um. Yeah, I, t- I take back my comment about the Browns. They're actually the fourth highest scorer in the division. Um, it's the Seahawks that are up in the top three with the Cowboys. And- that doesn't surprise me with all those touchdowns from uh, from Russell. Yes. Yeah. Just um, one thing I was just looking at there. Um, I was just trying to make sure this was all the right stuff. Um, Cody Parkey is now the Cleveland Browns kicker, I want to say. Let me just... Yep, so he's the Cleveland Browns kicker just now. He has a 100% record this season from field goals and extra points. And if you remember right, Cody Parkey is the same kicker that had the double doink in the Chicago Bears playoff game against the Eagles um, oh, and got released that season. Um, so I think he's... I know a lot of kickers bounce around teams, but considering such a terrible thing happened to him in the playoffs, to be 100% on a, a high-scoring offence as a kicker, um, yeah, props to him as well. And on, on the subject of field goals, um, the Cowboys did not kick a single field goal this whole game. Was it all touchdowns, punts, or turnovers? Was all, it? it was all touchdowns, points, punts, or like Mike had said, uh, turnovers on fumbles. I yeah. had two two fumbles, and the Browns recovered both of them. I, I feel as if we've not really said a huge amount about the game, but it was just a really fun game to watch and. Great. I, I thought if every NFL game was like that, then there'd be a lot of defensive coordinators getting sacked. But it was uh it was fun <laughs> to watch, certainly as a spectacle. Don't get me wrong, sometimes I can enjoy a defensive battle, but sometimes you just want to see teams fling the ball up the field and that's exactly what happened there. There was one was... game two years ago, I think. Monday night football. It was uh Chiefs versus Rams. I, I think both teams scored over fifty points. Yeah. And there was a stat that was, I think, I think the Rams ended up winning that game. That was the year they went to the Super Bowl, and um, it was a stat that if a team scores fifty plus points in an NFL game, I think combined record they were one hundred and sixty five and zero or something like that. And the Chiefs put up fifty points that game and lost to the Rams. <laughs> it was the first ever loss to a team that scored fifty points. But the fact that there was over a hundred points in an NFL game, it was just mad. Oh, yeah, so madness. yeah, great to see sometimes. Before we move on from this game, quick shout out to the Browns punter, who I really like his nickname, being the Scottish Hammer, that he decides to nickname himself, the boy, uh, the boy like Gillen. Um, and he actually does have quite a good 
Like, I know we don't often want to talk about punters because it's not very interesting, but for what I've seen of him, he seems to punt fairly well. So. We'll try to get him on the show at some point. I, I mean, realistically, we should. <laughs> having Nick Mullins. <laughs> CG Bethard now. Come on, we're not having Mullins. He's been dropped. Uh, right, so we'll move on from the game of the week to, uh, as we said, the one that wasn't the game of the week. I mean, there wasn't anything wrong with this game. Jacksonville travelling to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati winning 33-25 and my first note here is hello Joe Mixon welcome the Joe in. Show exactly bear in mind he was in a hospital bed in the Saturday afternoon yeah with, yeah, a, che- right. with a chest injury uh, 25 attempts 151 yards and 2 touchdowns 6 catches for 30 yards through the year welcome to the Joe Mixon show it says it says something when you're the lead rushing player on your team and you're also the second highest receiving player like he had a big a big game um, thank god for that because I also have him in fantasy and through weeks one to three he'd been slightly disappointing to say the least um, I think he was one of the only running backs in the top five that hadn't scored a touchdown yet so what does he do he goes and scores three all, all in the one week why not yeah, yeah. I, I would also like to thank Joe Mixon a lot because I was playing Adam this week and Adam brought in Joe Burrow, who didn't have a bad game in terms of NFL-wise, but in terms of fantasy, just a one touchdown and uh, one interception. And Joe Mixon, I think, stole all the points away from the, the Cincinnati offense that week. So thank you to I, him. I had a crying face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think on the topic of Joe Burrow as well, I think he probably um, he he played to the limited crowd that there was. Um, I think we'd said, mentioned last week it would be interesting to see how he reacted to to having some somewhat of a crowd um, in the stadium if things start to turn. Um, but he he played well. I think the Bengals needed that that win finally. Um, not much to say about the Jags, to be honest. Can I just say that they're really bad? They're not the most exciting. At the start of the season, some people were protecting them for like you know a few wins, especially after the first week when they played not bad. And the whole time, I'm like, I don't think they're that good. I know everyone seems to, especially after last year, rave about Minshew. But personally, I don't think he's that great. You know, they've Chark and Chenault seem to be quite good in the receiving game, uh, and Robinson obviously has come into the the running game, but. Personally, I, I don't think I'd ever pick them to win a game. I'd just like to say that we are not burning all bridges with Gardner Minshew on this podcast. We'd love to have you on at some point. Maybe we'll get Adam <laughs> to take a day off. when. Uh, oh, I mean, I'd happily have, have him on the podcast. I just don't <laughs> think he's particularly good. Yeah, the, <laughs> one, one, one breakout player, I think, when I was watching the draft this year, I was following the Bengals immensely during the draft because obviously you, knew, you know they had the number one pick and picked Joe Burrow, but when you think that they have the number one pick in every single round, it, it, you don't win your you don't win Super Bowls with first and second and third round picks. It's a lot of late round picks that can really win you Super Bowls. Um, and I know he was the first pick in the second round, but T Higgins um, has been nothing short of amazing for this Bengals offense this season. Um, only four receptions this game, but for seventy seven yards. But again, I watch a lot of college football and at Clemson, uh, especially when they won the, the national title two years ago. A very, very good wide receiver. Um, and I think that Joe Burrow and T Higgins are going to form a really good partnership together. AJ Green done? Question mark. Mm. What, was he, 
Was he injured? No, I mean he had five targets. He only caught one of them for three yards. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I know. I know. Is what... that a case of him, him not being capable, like not being fully fit to to catch or be on the field all the time, or is it just a case of Joe Burrow absolutely loving Tyler Boyd? Personally, 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 I don't think. Obviously, at the start, Burrow seemed to be targeting Green a lot, but I think defenses are still taking Green as the number one receiver, so they're putting their best corner back on him. And that's obviously making it hard yeah. for Burrow to to uh, to throw to him because he's being covered by the best corner. But also, I think because of that, Burrow's getting a relationship with Boyd and Higgins as well. And I think this, obviously, Green uh, franchise tag for this year, isn't he? So I, yeah. I, I don't, th- personally, I don't think they'll keep him beyond this year. No. I think. No. And then I don't know where he's going to go after that either because he's not really shown anything to kind of attract a team. I know I know he's still got the quality because him and Julio Jones came out called at the same time and they're these two great receivers. But I'm not I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I, that's why I had question mark. I'm not def- define, definitely saying Green's done, but obviously It doesn't injured. look promising for him at the Bengals, put it that way. Um he was on the field for 71% of the game, I just checked there. So he was on the field for the same amount of time as Tyler Boyd and more time than T Higgins. Um, it just it doesn't seem to be in favour. Yeah, I mean, and, and all, for fantasy, Green's not had a good season for you know, three years because he was injured most of the past two. So I, I don't want to say AJ Green's done, but when you see how well Hulu's playing, maybe not this week, but uh, so most of the season compared to how Green's playing. Perhaps he is. Can we move on to the next game? I'd rather we didn't because it it, it pains me to talk about them. Well, if it's who I think it is. Well, well, I'm I'm going down the order that was on on the NFL website. So the next one for me is the Cardinals away to the Panthers. Oh, we can talk about that. I happy to talk about that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, we the, can talk about the that. Panthers, okay, the Panthers. The Panthers 31-21. I'm going to see if I can find a, a celebration thing here for when we come to the. Uh, prediction segment later on because I'm sure I picked the Panthers for this game and I was right they won by 10 both points picked the can- Panthers. I, I also picked yeah. the Panthers this week uh, I'll tell you the only reason I picked the Cardinals is probably just biased because I have Kyla Murray and Kenyon Drake in my fantasy team so I like to think if they go off which I hope they do they're going to win games but just a quick reminder to anybody in the league Kenyon Drake is available for trade <laughs> well, talking about that, I've got uh, Cardinals running game as poor because yeah. so far this season it has been. A lot of people, obviously, like you, Mikey, drafted uh, Kenyon Drake fairly high in fantasy drafts, and that certainly hasn't paid off so far. Third round, I think I got him. Yeah, yeah. That, that just I know we're not going to touch upon the the previews for next week too much, but um, they they play the Jets next week, and you've got to think if Kenyon Drake doesn't have a big game, and this is purely in terms of fantasy. Kenyon Drake doesn't have a big game there, then I think a lot of fantasy owners might look to ship him off in a deal that probably wouldn't get you in the same stock as the fact that he was maybe a second or third round pick for most people. I was going to say, they play the Jets next week, so put Chase Edmonds in your fantasy team, because Drake's not doing anything. So. <laughs> yep. I uh, think um, Ky- Kyler? Yes. Weird. Uh, Kyler Murray was relatively quiet as well. I know he got three touchdowns, I think that kind of masks um, the fact that he, he only threw for 133 yards um, kind of spread his targets across three or four folk, but he, he was very quiet 
Um, 24 pass completions, and it's only 133 yards. That's yeah, five it, it yards seemed to be pass. dumping the ball off quite, quite close to him. Um, obviously, probably scared off the back of last week. He threw a couple of interceptions. Um, it's probably a wee bit more reserved this week uh, off the back of that. But I think the Panthers just got out the blocks pretty quickly. Uh, I think they, they got themselves up to a 14 nothing lead in the first quarter. Uh, and then 27, uh, sorry, 21-7 up by half-time. And the Cardinals just never really recovered. Um, and unlike the Lions, uh, Panthers appear to hold on to a lead. Yeah, they are able to do that. Right. I've, I've uh, got here on the Panther side of the ball that Teddy, as he has been most of the season, has been solid. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, yeah. maybe nothing special, but he's perfectly solid for you at QB. He's not going to do a lot wrong. And Mike Davis has uh, been doing well again. And it's still that question's there over whether CMC is going to take all the work back when he comes in or whether they're going to split it between the two of them. Yeah, they don't. They don't appear to be. Obviously, you you will obviously miss them in some aspects. Um, but they don't appear to be missing Christian McCaffrey too much. Um, over, on the whole, um, like you say, two and all without him. Yeah, <laughs> and and two with them. Mike Davis has come in and and uh, he's he's obviously not the same running back as um Christian McCaffrey is. Um, but he's he's certainly lived up to um expectations and. What, what they probably wanted from him, um, but I've I've just got down. It wasn't a very exciting game on the whole. Uh, no, although there was a lot of points scored. Yeah, I, I a lot of points scored, but it was very run of the mill. I, I think the fact that they're two and all without McCaffrey has everything to do with McCaffrey because when you have one of the best players in the league for a position in your team teams are going to double-team him and try and do everything to stop him. So when you don't have that player in your team, where do you focus your attention to? You don't know. Do we focus it on Mike Davis? Oh, well, now we're going to throw it deep to Robbie Anderson like and vice versa. So this is, for example, offensive lines are trying to double-team Aaron Donald because he's so dominant. If you don't have Aaron Donald, where do you turn your attention to? Do you know what I mean? And that, that means the Rams might actually benefit from it more. So um, I think in a way that has affected them because... D's don't know where to turn their attention to on this offense and Teddy Bridgewater had an 18 yard run touchdown himself which was a great run um, I actually think that the, the offense looks quite good in Carolina um, Robbie Anderson again he only had only had 99 yards this week but I mean he's had a few hundred yard uh, receiving games I think he's been a great addition um, and I actually do like the look of the Panthers this season I had I had the Cardinals to win this game um, but in saying that, I'm not surprised that the Panthers won. Yep, I agree. Uh, I like the look of the Panthers. Uh, they were the team in the draft that took seven defensive picks, weren't they? In the draft, and the the offense, yeah. they didn't draft anyone. A lot of people were like, hmm? but maybe it's worked because uh, the offense has kind of stayed fairly together. I know you've obviously brought in Anderson and uh, and Davis there, but but basically most of the people who were playing in the offence last year, which was fairly good, are there uh, again, again yep. and they're just improving that defence, which was fairly poor yeah. last year. And I then, think, um, having, they've obviously got DJ Moore kind of coming in to have that game. Curtis Samuel's there as well. Curtis Samuel seems to be appearing on both sides of the ball. Maybe not so much this week. Um, his two rushing attempts from minus three yards would say otherwise. I think I could do better than um, that. But, but I think... Um, Weeks gone by in the first three weeks, he looked as if they were kind of utilising him as a as a, a dual threat a wee bit. So yeah, I, th- I think it's probably promising signs. 
um, for them. They look as if they've got, they've not got a, a ridiculously good team, but they have a good solid unit. Uh, they've got quite a good roster of, of players. Um, and I think with, with CMC to come back, don't think that's a bad thing in any situation. This roster kind of strikes me as a, an 8-8 eight eight sort of roster yeah. at the moment. I think to to flip what I said about the fact that they're benefiting from CMC not being there, I think in saying that when he does come back, now their teams are going to think: Do we turn a lot of attention to CMC, or do we turn the fact to the fact that, uh, that they've got loads of other targets, and that could benefit them massively if they again if they keep turning their attention to CMC, Mike Davis, uh, Robbie Anderson, people like that are going to probably ball out, and then the same in saying that if they turn their attention to those guys. CMC is going to be able to to cut through, so it'll be. I think that's a team very much so to keep your eye on. They're not going to win pretty, but I think that they might surprise a few this season. Yep, I agree. So I think that was the last of the the early slate of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next game we we're going to talk about was the uh, New York Giants traveling uh, to the Los Angeles. This Rams. was the one I was talking yeah. about. Seventeen uh, <laughs> nine, the Rams won. Uh, I'll just quickly have this sentence. Not a great game, seeing as this was one of the ones I ended up watching. Uh, not a great yeah. game. Uh, and the Rams tried their best to lose it, would you say? Yeah. Um, I've I've got the Rams stumble to a very, very mediocre victory. Jared Goff is, and then some... Um, Expletives. Inappropriate, yeah, yeah, inappropriate words. In other words, Jared Goff is absolutely rubbish. Personally, I don't have much to say about this, and I actually had a little game planned. But if you have anything to say about it, feel free to say that I was more interested in playing a game regarding this game. Well, yeah, than... the, the the funny thing is when we spoke about a few teams last week, like the Bears could be could have been own three, and the Vikings could have been three and zero. This is going to sound weird because I'm so against the Giants, but they could be two and two. Like they get they get comfortably beat by the Steelers in week one, in week two against the Bears, they were down by four with the ball in Daniel Jones' hands for the last play of the game, um, soundly beat by the 49ers. Then again, this week, I mean, they could uh, they had the ball in the last drive of the game, could have scored a touchdown with a, a two-point conversion to take it to overtime, which, yes, they might not win. But the, the, I think me and Kai spoke about it. Daniel Jones was in the pocket and he started to run and he was three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage and he decided to throw the ball when he maybe had... 20 yards of space in front of him to run yeah. and did he throw a pick in that play? I'm not sure yeah, how it he, works. So. He threw he entered interception on that play with I think there was a couple of minutes in the clock and I think yeah. the Rams just got the ball back. I'm, a, more ex, a more experienced quarterback and also a, a quarterback that isn't own three would perhaps do better in that situation but I've got a stat here about the Giants. Um, 21 players have more touchdowns than the entire Giants team combined. Well, Mikey, that's what this game's going to be, okay? Because I have that exact that... same thing, okay? So the Giants offense has got three... <laughs> okay, I'll, I won't look at it anymore. Right? Oh. Has got three total touchdowns in their four games, okay? Uh-huh. That's three total touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey has played two games. How many rushing touchdowns does he have? Higher or lower than three? Ooh. He's played two games, bear in mind, because he's been injured for two of them. Again, higher. Mikey's going higher. Uh, I'm going lower. CMC has got four rushing touchdowns in these two games. He's got more rushing touchdowns than the whole of the Giants' offense of any touchdowns. And player number two for this game, okay? Cam Newton. Passing touchdowns. 
higher, higher, higher or lower uh, than three? Yeah. Lower. He's I only he's only got two. Two. Two passing touchdowns. But yes, basically I couldn't oh, find passing anything touchdowns, passing. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Uh, the 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 only uh, I couldn't find anything to talk about this game, so I just decided to make a wee game because it wasn't that interesting. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've got down that um, for the second week running, uh, the Giants haven't scored the touchdown again. Obviously, you beat me to it with the <laughs> the fact that they're not really scoring touchdowns at all. Um, but yeah, not a very exciting game at all. The Rams didn't look very good exciting either. I'm, no. I'm just going to run through this list of players. Some of them you would expect. But, I mean, we've got quarterbacks in here that have scored more touchdowns, not in terms of throwing, I'm talking, so like, Kyler Murray. Um, but Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Cook, Mike Evans, Robert Tonyan, who we'll get to, Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson, OBJ, Jarek McKinnon, Melvin Gordon, Mark Andrews, Tyreek Hill, to name a few. Like, it's just, yeah. times are tough in New York, no matter what team you support. Yep. So so sorry, Matthew. Sorry, Matt. One thing, off again. one thing I, the, the actual, funnily enough, the, the main talking point to come out of this game was I don't know if any of you have read about it, was the Jalen Ramsey Golden Tate beef. Yeah, there was a wee bit before it as well. So Jalen Ramsey got Golden Tate's sister pregnant, I believe, and walked out on her. So obviously, there's going to be a bit of bad blood between them. And I don't know if any of you have seen the tackle. That Jalen Ramsey hit uh, on Golden Tate. It was them. amazing. He drove him into the, the turf. But apparently, after the game, Jalen Ramsey was waiting outside the Giants' locker room for Golden Tate. And I believe, don't quote me on this, anybody that's watching, but I believe that a few punches were thrown. I don't know if anything's came of it, but I believe there was a bit of a scuffle after the game uh, between those two players. So, Probably, if they put the cameras in the the changing rooms after the game, you probably would have got more excitement from this game. I mean, I don't know if I want to be looking in those changing rooms on the cameras. I don't know if that's. I don't know if I want to be looking in the changing room and well, those that's cameras. True. That. Just for that one, just for that one, <laughs> that one uh, incident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we can move on for that game because it was, I say, yeah. fairly fairly boring. The Rams managed Absolute to scrape that victory. Um, the next game in that time was uh, Buffalo Bills traveling to the Las Vegas. Uh, 30 points to 23, Buffalo won. And uh, my first point is, uh, on actually the the, uh, the Raiders side of the ball, Waller, back on form with his nine catches for 88 yards. Yeah. I know he didn't get a touchdown, but seeing as he was very quiet last week, but uh, Derek Carr's main target appears to be back. Darren Waller. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, this was actually quite a good game. The Raiders didn't really make it hard for the Bills at times. Derek Carr managed to um, get things going and then drop the ball or um, do something stupid. I think that the game was... I would, I, I'm not saying it was won on these plays, but I think it certainly turned the tide or decided it was the fourth quarter. I think the Bills had two massive plays on defence where they um, sacked... Derek Carr for quite a big loss on one of them and then managed to strip sack him um, for the other one to get the ball back just when the, the Raiders were kind of advancing upfield. Um, obviously, you've mentioned that Darren Waller um, seems to be Derek Carr's big target. The Raiders had six players all over 20 receiving yards, but none of them really, apart from Darren Waller, big. The rest of them were all very mediocre, like a couple of catches and then nothing. Um, and the only touchdown. Oh, sorry, no. Jason Witten got a touchdown as well. 
good. That's all. Last one fast, exactly. Yeah. I don't really know what to think of the Raiders. I know they came out uh, 2-0, but I think they're now back at 2-2. I think that's probably a more um, reflective record based on their performances so far. Do you have anything to mention, Mikey, on the Las Vegas side, or do you want to talk about Buffalo? Yeah, no, just one thing. I've never been a big fan of Derek Carr. I also thought in hard knocks at the start of last season, I just I felt like he was very much playing to the cameras when he was on, on the show and I, I just didn't like it but I have to think, I, I do think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback I just don't think he's in the right system to show what he's got Jay Gruden, it's John Gruden, sorry, doesn't like to to be a pass heavy offence he's, he's very run heavy um, Very but, old school Yep, very very old school And I, but these kind of games show you Again, small sample size. What Derek Carr can do, he he can sling it downfield if he wants to. Um, and the fact that he did it without maybe Ruggs, who's probably going to be and um, Edwards, Tyrell Williams as well. Oh. Um, I, I just think that a fully fit offense around Derek Carr could be dangerous. Um, do I think they're going to lose next week against the Chiefs? Yes, but again, similar team to the Panthers. If things are done right, I think they they could surprise a few again. It's, I know there's no uh, crowds in the stadiums this season, but maybe next season you've got a brand new stadium in, in Vegas, you've got a fresh start. I think they'll be an interesting team to follow over the next couple of years. Yep. Just obviously you mentioned Derek Carr and how much you thought he was playing to cameras. I have, uh, was going to ask you, could Derek Carr potentially be the nicest quarterback in the league? No. <laughs> I don't no. know if, you, if you've seen the video <laughs> of every time he gets hit, he, um, he's like, nice hit, guys. Yeah, it's amazing. I've not like, seen he, that video. He, just, he, he seems to thank, like, like big defensive linemen absolutely nailing him. And he's like, congratulating them on the hit and saying thanks and all that. Like, He's just trying to copy Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck is the nicest quarterback in the league or was oh, the nicest go. quarterback that, in the league. That, that, that answers the question then. Uh, no. Jumping to the other side of the ball then. Uh, Devin Singletree had a fairly good show and again being the, the yeah. only running back out there I say the, it's not the only running back but the, the main running back there for Buffalo Josh Allen didn't rush as much in fact no. hardly at all uh, but Stefan Diggs uh, he's really making a big difference I think we're seeing that definitely through the first four games to that uh, passing offence in Buffalo It's it's hard to think that when a, a team brings in one player in the offseason, I know they've obviously drafted players, but when you bring in a big name like Diggs, you don't ex- fully expect them to completely change everything. It takes a lot more than one player to change an offense. But I-, I honestly believe Diggs has been one of the best acquisitions in the offseason. I just think he's given confidence to Josh Allen, he's given confidence to the whole receiving core, he's taken, taken the heat away from a lot of other players. DBs are concentrating on him, which is allowing other players to shine. Run game's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think one of you said that the Bills might make the Super Bowl this season, and I really wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think they look legit this year. I think uh, Stefan Diggs gives them a massive threat downfield, um, so it kind of opens the opens the game up a wee bit for uh, the rest of the offense, like you said, um, including Cole Beasley. Who talking of Cole Beasley, Jinky's all right. After that <laughs> catch, I think he died in midair, as Mikey said, 
with a hit, and then as he came to the ground and slammed his full body and head uh, into the turf, he, he I think it's one of those into consciousness when you when you hurt yourself in front of a large group of people, you get up and that's <laughs> fine. But as soon as he sat down in the bed, he was probably like, "I need medical attention, pronto." Oh my god! I think I'd be glad he had a helmet on. Uh, he could cry underneath it, no one would be able to see. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, fair play to him for holding onto the ball and. I mean, you get uh, paid enough it in for a touchdown. If I was getting paid that very, amount of money, I'd be holding on to it. Yeah, I, th- I think he. I think he is hugely underrated. Obviously, he did well. Uh, the Cowboys they kind of tried to replace him with uh, Randall Cobb now, but I think I think Beasley's he, he's that sort of safety blanket as well because he's normally yeah. like in the centre of the field, you know, five ten yards downfield. He does a uh, does a good job with, with what he's doing. Anything else to mention about this game? All good. Good. In which case, we can yeah. move on to the really, really, really exciting game that was the Indianapolis Colts at the Chicago Bears. And uh, Nick Foles taking on that offense, his first start, you know, let's go Bears. No, it uh, didn't really work <laughs> like that. Um, up until that last drive, really, they had three points the whole game. Uh, the Colts won 19-11. Um, I'm just going to quickly touch on the Colts side of the ball before we talk about Foles in Chicago. And I've just all I've got noted down is give the ball to Taylor. When you look at the rushing <laughs> stats, each, with, with, uh, Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines uh, and Jonathan Taylor, Taylor's a better runner. You see it in the game. Just if you just give him the ball, he'll run and he'll get yards. You, you can give Jonathan Taylor the ball from this week onwards until the end of time because I was against Adam who has him this week. And glad that he had a relatively quiet showing as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, yeah, I was delighted to see that because I was worried about him. Jonathan Taylor's just so much better than those other running backs here. And, and I know, obviously, at the start of the season, you had Marlon Mack as well, and it was maybe going to take a while. But after the Mack injury, I, th- I especially thought, oh, Taylor's going to get all these carries, especially after yeah. how he'd shown in uh, college. But he seems to be trying to spread the load a bit, maybe sensibly, because you don't want to burn him out in his first year, but give him the ball. He's much better than the other two. Jordan Wilkins, 1.7 yards a carry. Naeem Hines, 2.7 yards a carry, and that included a 12-yard carry. Uh, so so we get 12 yards on one carry, and the other eight went for 12. And uh, Jonathan Taylor going for four yards a carry. Um, yeah. But Chicago Bears, I, I think it was you, Mikey, that said that you really like Nick Foles, I think, as a person as well, as opposed to just a player, and you're looking forward to him starting instead of Mitchell Trubisky. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leave the floor to you. <laughs> well, I remember I actually I remember it so well, watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I was in, in a bar in Brisbane at the time, and there was a lot of Patriots fans sitting in, the, in this bar, and I don't know if anybody really likes the Patriots, even Patriots fans. I don't even think Bill Belichick likes the Patriots when you see how miserable he is. But um, when you've seen everything that happened with the Eagles that season and, and Nick Foles coming in, being a bit of a journeyman before that and winning the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP, you can't not like the guy, you know? So I was disappointed to see him kind of get thrown to the, the wayside in Jacksonville and now he's finally landed on the Bears team. But a poor show. There's, there's no getting around it apart from the final 30 seconds of the game where he played like Patrick Mahomes. But um, the... It's hard to, if I was a Bears fan, which thank the Lord above that I'm not, um, <laughs> if I was a Bears fan, I would really be unsure about this whole quarterback situation. How long does it take Nick Foles to have a few bad games before they bring Trubisky in or 
Are they sticking to their guns with foals? These are decisions that you don't want as a head coach. And Matt Nagy's, it looks like he's already struggling a wee bit with what he actually wants with this offense. Yeah, just go. Say... Oh, sorry, guy. Just going on that uh, on that touchdown drive at the end, uh, where you're talking about Nick Foles looking like Patrick Mahomes. Okay, they they moved down in about two minutes, and it was Foles to Robinson, Foles to Graham, to Robinson, to Mooney, to Robinson, to Graham, to Robinson, to Robinson. So I think he has a preferred target in that. That's yeah. what I was just gonna say. Is that Alan Robinson seems to be the bright spark in that opposition, opposition in that offense. Um, they just need to try and just give him the ball. Yeah, the I I, I play in a, a our two leagues and then I play in a third league with uh, some English guys. And, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, and I was playing my friend Ahan this week and I was losing comfortably. And in the end, I only beat him by like one point, two points. And I solely put it down to that last drive from the Bears because I've got Alan Robinson. I think that was what maybe probably gave me about 12 points on receptions, yards and touchdown alone. So um, shout out to Ahan because I know he's going to be listening to this podcast. I won, you lost. Talking about yeah. Robinson helping people win as well, just talking about our PHFL league, we had our first 200-point uh, score this week with my much better half, Claire, getting 216 <laughs> points, and Alan Robinson was uh, on her team. I can also point out that she also had uh, Julio Jones, who I'm sure we'll talk about later on, who only had 7.2 points, and she still scored 216 points. So if Jones did anything closer to what he would have done, then it would been... It'd have been even well more. Played, clear. Yes. And uh, believe it or not, there is no collusion, though you like suggesting there is, Mikey. <laughs> I just call collusion on everyone <laughs> and anyone. I just, like the, I just like saying the word. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, there's not there's not much to say in the way of excitement out of this game. Um, I'm sure Mikey will agree with me uh, on this point that the Colts have the best kicker in the league. <laughs> And <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship. Um, That's a fantastic name. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep this short. Uh, wait, I've, I've got, sorry, just before you say this, Mikey, I've got down the two best names ever for a kicker and a punter for the Colts. The Colts have Rodrigo Blankenship as their kicker, and their punter is called Rigoberto Sanchez. I mean, it's good names. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> during lockdown, I was playing Madden a lot, <laughs> and uh, I was doing my own career franchise trying to. You know, have Michael McCallum at the Packers to back to title town, and um, did that work well? Yeah, it did okay. Yeah. Me and Devontae Adams had a decent partnership, but long story short, uh, you you do every year you play. There's drafts, but it's obviously just made up computer players. And I had a kicker on my team called Rodrigo Blankenship, and I just thought he was it was the funniest name ever. And I spoke to Kai about it, and I thought he was made up, and especially with that name. But the, the first year that you do the draft, you get people like Joe Burrow and Tua and stuff in. He must have came through in that draft. And when I seen that he was drafted from Georgia to, I didn't even know he was at Georgia uh, last season in college, to the Colts, I think that was the, the, the most I've been, the happiest I've been this year, <laughs> knowing that he's, he's a real player. So, And I think he was he's, he was 100% in college, and I think he's yeah, 100 for 200, 200 for 200 on extra, on extra points, points in college. And I think he's like... I don't think he's missed one actually yet this season. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, he's I, also the dorkiest looking guy. I was going to say he's the he boy with specs as well. Glasses. Big, big, <laughs> those big kind of uh, Edgar David's football sports specs <laughs> across the space. Oh, no, that's a throwback, um, Mikey. Some yeah, of the younger so, listeners won't know who Edgar David is. 
Yeah, so my um, Indianapolis Colts uh, Rodrigo Blankenship jersey is in the mail. I will be buying one soon. I'm all in on Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> well, if my Super Bowl pick's right, then he might be playing in the Super Bowl. You never know. Oh, we'd love that. Super Bowl MVP. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on from uh, Mr. Blankenship's team uh, and move on to our Sunday night football matchup. Kai's getting excited already. Uh, yes. Philadelphia Eagles at San Francisco, 25 points to 20. Before Kai talks about his wonderful Eagles, let's talk about the 49ers. Uh, I've just said that Mullins and Bethard both like Kittle, as Kittle had 15 receptions from 15 targets, 183 yards and a touchdown. And uh, all of uh, Mikey's... Uh, Nick Mullins' love was kind of lost when they brought yeah. C.J. Beathard just, in. Just before we even get to that, may I just say that when we do our predictions, I will I will stand by the Green Bay Packers through anything. I will pick them no matter who we are up against. Um, I I had the 49ers this week. Adam, you had the 49ers I think I did, this week yeah, against yeah. the Eagles. Kai, who did you have? I also... Now, we discussed this last week. <laughs> I also took the 49ers. Shocking. Absolutely Shocking. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, but to, yeah, to speak, Nick Mullins, poor game. Um, it's I'm just trying to get up his stats here. So he was what eighteen of twenty six, but he threw two picks. Um, yeah. CJ Beathard just didn't look good at all either. No touchdowns. Um, hundred and thirty eight yards. I was surprised to see them bench Nick Mullins. To be fair, um, usually when you've got a second string quarterback in, you're probably gonna ride them to the end of the game at least, but CJ Bethard came in. Um, just a all-round poor performance besides probably George Kittle uh, from the 49ers. I think that the injuries are really starting to show for them. Yeah, McKinnon, McKinnon did not bad for them as well with the 54 yards on the ground and the touchdown and seven catches for 43 yards. But I think they're really looking for uh, Mostert and Coleman to come back to kind of get a bit of variety in that running back room because uh, Jeff Wilson... Uh, Three attempts, six yards. Really, they 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 really a run first team. That San Francisco Forty Nine, and the fact that they're they're losing, they've lost two of their preferred running backs is really showing. I think. But I think let's not talk about the Forty Nineers too much more. Let's yeah. let Kai bask in the the glory. Uh, you have twelve seconds. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> On you go, Kai. Talk about your fantastic um. Eagles. Finally, you've got, you've got 12 seconds because we need to talk about the Packers a lot in this podcast. <laughs> um, no, just obviously finally off the board. Um, it's taken taken four weeks. Enough. What do you mean, just finally off the board? You already had a tie, that counts. Yeah, I was going to say, including the <laughs> stupid tie that we came across. Um, no, I have to say, uh, I did not expect this at all, as you probably know in the, in, in the production. I thought even with um, the 49ers kind of losing, still having a few out to injury and um, having Nick Mullins and obviously CJ Beathard that I don't even know who he was going into this week. Um, I thought the, the 49ers would still win, but um, all credit to to the, the wonderful Eagles. Um, I thought they played very well uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, Carson Wentz wasn't quite back to good Carson Wentz, but he was certainly much improved from weeks before. Um, I think when you have Deshaun Jackson out, Alshon Jeffrey out, uh, Sega Whiteside out, Jalen Rieger out, you're you're really down to the bare bones of 
um, of your roster, but Greg Ward stepped up. Not he didn't have many yards, but again, um, he filled he filled a good role. Gives gave um, gave went someone to throw the ball to. Miles Sanders again, pretty quiet on the ground, but um, threat on all all um, cylinders. The one person I have to give credit to uh, in this Eagles team for this week is uh, Singleton, who was called off the practice squad coming into this week. And in a clutch point of the game where the 49ers were looking to try and score a touchdown, um, he got a pick six. And he's a big guy. And he ran 40-odd yards um, to run the ball in. And it looked like that's what ended up icing the game. Um, Obviously, they only won 25-20, but it looked like that was the the big big turning point of the game. I have to say, as as much as the Eagles won, and I was delighted that they won, I still don't think they looked that um, that promising. To be honest, I think they still looked quite a quite a bit short of um, of a good team. I know that pains me to say that, but I think there's still massive improvements to be made. And I think part of this one was to do with the fact that the 49ers didn't play that well. Are they? Are the Eagles the, the best team in this division? Even I mean, they now, lead the, they now lead the division. Um, that doesn't mean one, they're the best team, though. One record. But I, I don't really know. Is this, I, is this the worst division I would in football so. at the moment? That this is the the least exciting division, um, but I would still say. I think that's what makes it exciting. Yeah, is that every, nobody is that good? I think I think the cow- the Cowboys will come through. The Cowboys will win this division. Um, I think they've they've been unfortunate at times so far through four weeks. Um, I don't think their one in three record really uh, corresponds to how they've played, um, but. If if the Eagles can if they can get a few back from injury and they can um, build off the the win this week, I, th- I think that there's there's always a chance. I'm not saying they're not going to win the Super Bowl again, but that was a long twelve seconds, guy. Well, I th- I think what we're going to have to do is I'll create a little sound drop for uh, it'll just be entitled Kai's Eagles Monologue of the Week. <laughs> and it'll have background music for exactly 60 seconds and he gets exactly a minute to talk about yep. the stuff each week and then it'll just have a big, a big <laughs> buzzer just to go back on the, the 49ers side of the ball I was, when Kai was talking there I was, I was thinking if they can slug their way through the next 3, 4, 5 weeks until some players come back from injury and maybe come out of it with a respectable record and then a fully fit roster besides obviously the people that are out for the season will they be in playoff or Super Bowl contention again I've just looked at their schedule. They've got Miami this week coming, but then they play the Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers, uh, Saints. Then they've got the bye week. Then they play the Rams again, Buffalo, Washington, Dallas, Arizona, Seattle. That is a very, very hard schedule. Wouldn't describe Here it is easy. my prediction of the week, but it also counts for the season. Get the San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers will not make the playoffs. <laughs> there you go. That's your sign drop for that. I, I think with their injuries, they will. That's a very far-fetched claim, but 
just looking at that schedule, it's tough. They're going to lose to Green Bay, obviously. Um, they play Seattle twice, Rams twice, um, and the Cardinals, I believe. Yeah, they've already played the Cardinals. So that's a tough division. Um, if the Cardinals can turn it round, and obviously the Rams and the Seahawks are looking good just now. So I don't know. I think that's. I think they could struggle without all their, their big players. The only positive, I suppose, for them is they obviously play the NFC East. So there's at least yeah. another couple of wins there. Seems they've already got the Giants. Yeah. Uh, they should have won this game, but they'll hopefully beat the Redskins and maybe not the Cowboys. But uh, uh, the the Washington. Sorry, I keep saying that. I apologise. <laughs> the Washington <laughs> That's football back team. to back weeks, Adam. I think I should try and do it every week. That'd be a... yeah. <laughs> well, I just do a wee <laughs> every time I say it. Uh, but yes, I think that the the Washington Madden struggles with it as well because they just have football teams, so it ends up like Falcons against football team. And you're yeah. like, why are Falcons no a football team? Maybe not the way they're playing. But uh, <laughs> well, that's true. But yeah, so yeah. I think Kai, uh, well done to your Eagles in the first win. Uh, we'll see fly, what they do Eagles next week. Fly. We'll move on to Monday night football that wasn't meant to be Monday night football because the New England Patriots travelled to the Kansas City Chiefs for Monday night, even though it was meant to be played on Sunday, but Cam Newton had tested positive for the current disease that's going about in the global pandemic. So they then tested all of New England's team and they all were negative. So then they travelled on actually the Monday morning to Kansas City to play this game. And no surprises there, I suppose, that New England without Cam didn't win. Yeah. Um, I have actually noted here though that New England could have won. The number of times that they had what could have been an interception, I uh, counted at least a couple that they could have had. Uh, uh, but Kansas City ended up winning 26 points to 10. Yeah, I've just got down that um, Hoyer is a bit boring and rubbish in comparison to Cam Newton. I think when you go from having Cam Newton one week to someone like him, you're obviously not expecting a, a straight swap, but um, I think they're almost at polar opposite ends of the the quarterback spectrum. Um, Jarrett Stidham looked a bit, a bit more exciting. He seems more adventurous with what he was willing to do, but I suppose they were um, they were trailing at that point um, when he came into the game, so he's kind of got to be a bit more adventurous. Um, I think what they miss most about Cam Newton is the the dual threat um, when you get when he gets the ball you never really know what he's going to do because uh, he's got the ability to to run um, but yeah I would say it was made easy um, for the the Chiefs by the Patriots as much as the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown in the first half uh, and then went on a ridiculous run in the second half I think uh, I think this was always from the word go I think this was always leaning towards the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I I stayed up to watch the first half, um, and I think it was uh, Hoyer that was in, uh, yeah, in the first in the first half. So Chiefs were up six three, and time was running down at half time, and Hoyer made a mistake, um, so that they couldn't kick a field goal. They were in field goal range. He took a made sack. a mistake. So yeah, so uh, time ran out. I will only say this with a Bill Belichick team because I know that the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs outscored the Patriots 20-7 to in the second half, but and I know it's only a three-point difference, but if the Patriots without Cam Newton go into halftime 6-0, all, 
that could have been a completely different second half. Yep. I, I think that missed field goal was a huge turning point in the game for uh, the the Chiefs. I, I think even if Hoyer had taken them into field goal range and got the field goal, maybe had a bit of more confidence rather than taking that sack in the second half. Could have played a bit better before he got benched. So, yeah, it was um, a, a huge, huge moment in that match that I think just swayed it in, in Chiefs' favour. Yep, I agree with you there. Looking at the, the, the Chiefs' side of the ball, that's not what I tried to say. On the, the New England Patriots' side of the ball, uh, obviously Harris coming back off IR, had a 100-yard rushing game. I don't know how much that is to do with the fact there was no cam, and obviously yeah. uh, Hoyer and uh, Stidham aren't really going to be rushing too much. Um, I felt that that was impressive, obviously, though Sonia Michelle, again, wasn't active for the game. There's so many running backs in that backfield, you don't know who's going to do what. But the Kansas City yeah. side, I, I feel Kansas City, they were off. They weren't at their best. Yeah. I feel as if they're inspiring. A bit, a bit of a hangover after the Ravens game. Maybe they were concentrating on that game too much uh, <sighs> and didn't really concentrate on this one. But uh, they did what they had to do and they won. I think it was made easier with the fact yeah. Cam wasn't there. Yeah. Championship what... teams are made from winning ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we said last week about the, the Patriots from a fantasy perspective. If you could just pick the New England Patriots running back every week, there is always going to be one that will break out. Harris obviously coming in this week and having a big a big day. Who knows who it will be next week. Um, obviously, if Cam is Cam back. We don't know at this point. There's discussion about that over what the COVID protocol is, whether or not yeah. he's allowed back, because obviously he's asymptomatic, so it's not like he has to wait until his symptoms are finished because they were never there to begin yeah. with. So I, I, it'll obviously, I think it will depend massively on whether, and whether Cam's back or not. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was never really a very exciting game. I think you kind of maybe expected a wee bit more from it, considering the two teams in it. But yeah, the Chiefs get the win, and like Mikey says, they, they win ugly. I think we can move on from that game then, to go to the actual yeah. Monday night football that was meant to be played that night. And uh, the fantastic Green Bay Packers, I like to describe them as, uh, winning at Lambeau against the Atlanta Falcons. 30 points to, to 16. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I feel, that, I mean, 27 passes from 33 attempts, four touchdowns. He was on fire, yeah. I'd say. He looks as if he's back with a vengeance in this offence. This is, I think we spoke about it briefly in the podcast last week about how I just feel that Rodgers is very a very grumpy player on the field, but you just seen him all game. I watched the full game. He just he just looks like he's having fun. He really looks like he's enjoying himself in this Packers offense. Second year under this system with this coach, uh, I just think that sky's the limit for the Packers at the moment. I think on the defensive side of the ball, Zadarius Smith probably had his best game of the season after a Pro Bowl uh, season last season. Um, we're missing Kenny Clark at the moment, so we have struggled. Probably the biggest talking point is the fact that uh, Jair Alexander held Calvin Ridley to zero receptions for zero yards. That was just don't huge. mention it, Mikey. Please, I still have uh, again flashbacks. Probably for the, the fourth time <laughs> in this podcast, Adam had him in fantasy against me, and I was worried that he was going to go off because I thought that the Packers might be winning and they were going to throw a lot. I mean, how many how many targets did he have in Ridley general? had five um, targets. Yeah, five targets. You're, I think he had a a. A red zone target one. as well. He yeah. dropped it in, so the, in the end zone. Could have went, could have went a completely different way, but this was just a very professional performance from the Packers. Uh, they were running a lot of three running back sets. I noted that were, as well. Yeah, 
they, they, it looked like they were basically playing Aaron Jones as a wide receiver at times. He was literally lining up in the wide receiver position or in the slot. Um, you think that with a, a an old man like Aaron Rodgers, um, that it's just going to be one of those offenses that will score points, but doesn't look flashy or anything. This this was just, yeah, I think they, they just look very versatile on offense. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens this season. Top three receivers for uh, Green Bay were uh, Jamal Williams with eight, Tonyan with six, Aaron Jones with five. Oh, and there's a wide receiver finally with Aldez Scantlin uh, before <laughs> Cadence. So he was the, the, yep. the fourth most receptions was by the, the wide receiver. I'll, I'll, I'll let Kai speak about Robert Tonyan, but uh, Jamal Williams, I don't know about you, Adam, but I think, again, an underrated player for the Packers. Um, not in the same terms as Latavius Murray, but he's almost like that backup running back who will get the job done whenever needed not in terms of fantasy just in terms of being a a good nfl running back i, I really like our backfield at the moment yep it's a, it's a really good kind of one-two punch with those and then you've got the three punch of dylan and then the four punch of this boy Irvin as well that's coming you know <laughs> yep. like we've i'm really happy with everything uh, we've got back yeah. there and then and then don't forget about the five punch with aaron Rodgers, who had one attempt for five yards oh yeah i mean that's this this guy can run exactly uh, Just because there's two of you doesn't mean you can double the amount of time. We get, you get, <laughs> we get, 20, we get 24 seconds. <laughs> God. Kai, on you go. Talk about Tonyan. Tea, drank it, taking the car for a wash and that. But, we'll we'll, we'll uh, let you um, talk about Tonyan then, Kai. I, the only point I have down really on the on the Packers side of the ball here is Devontae Adams, who the Packers have Robert Tonyan. Um I I don't think anyone coming into this week would have said out of the what four touchdowns they scored, if you'd said three of them would have been scored by one player, you would have put money on it being Aaron Jones. Um yep. not Robert Tonyan. Um No. Exactly. I, I I don't really know what else you're meant. To, I think to the extent that Sleeper I now have him as a I think he's in the top five wide receivers now after this week based yeah. on points scored fantasy points scored um, even though he's a tight end aye there's maybe a wee glitch going on in the system there I, d- I don't think that's meant to happen um, but yeah I mean you guys have spoken with the backers enough I think obviously Calvin Ridley was held to zero points Julio Jones was non-existent essentially Todd Gurley seemed to be doing most of the work and even at that it was the two touchdowns mask the fact that he only rushed for 57 yards yeah I was going to say it's, not, it's, it's good he's got good the touchdowns but... yeah just, I mean just looking night, at my notes from, from last week um, I just wrote the emergence of Robert Tonyan Mercedes Lewis and Jay Sternberger the offence looks like they'll take a big step up and I guess obviously Tonyan must be a fan of the show as well because he, him and OBJ have both stepped up this week. So exactly. thanks for listening to the show, guys. We appreciate your support. <laughs> um, the, the only other point I've got here is the O and four, O and four Falcons look beat. Um, they as much as it was them that threw away their their wins through the first three weeks. Um, they they didn't look inspiring at all. Yeah, again. The the less said about Dan Quinn, the better for me. I just get angry when I think about it. Yeah. Well, as Kai said, I'm sure we've talked about the Packers enough there. The one game that was maybe played this week was obviously Titans and Steelers. That was delayed because of COVID. And that's now getting played week seven. They've moved the Steelers-Ravens game to week eight, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to fit that in. And they had their bye this week. Um, 
I'm glad to see that the last couple of days there's been no positive cases at Tennessee, yep. um, and it looks like everything's getting roughly back to normal. Uh, going back to Green Bay slightly, they've told them, I'm sure, at uh, Lambeau that they're not allowed fans in anymore because of the, there's quite a big yeah. outbreak happening in Wisconsin at the moment. Um, but there's no players, I don't think, at Green Bay that have been confirmed with it yet. No. But uh, they've, no. they've said that the fans aren't to go in. And that's our uh, week four review. Um, a couple of wee things to do before we finish. I have a little game to play, which should only take a couple of minutes. And then we'll have a look at our predictions from last week and see where our table is. And Mikey's in charge. Or is it Kai? I don't know who's. One of you have taken charge of that. Mikey's got the scoreboards. and I'll take charge of winning and Mikey can take charge of keeping note. Aye. Well, I don't think I've won it, to be honest. Not so far, anyway. Um, so quickly, a little game. There are four teams who are currently 0-4 in the NFL. And I'm going to ask the two of you, when do you think they're going to win their first game? Okay, so I'll talk you through each team in their schedule. So the first one is a, a team that Mikey really likes as head coach, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. They're obviously 0-4, having lost to the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Bears and the Packers. When are they going to win their first game? So... This coming week, they are at home to the Panthers. Do you think they win that game? No. No, right. Then they're at the Vikings in week six. Do you think they win that game? No. Nah, I don't think so. Week seven, they're at home to Detroit. Yes. Maybe. I need a yes or no answer here. Ah, yes. Yes, so you're going, they'll go 0-6 and then they'll get their first win. Before they get a win. They'll get their first win at Detroit. So that's the two of you. We'll be able to note that down. Both of you think Detroit is their first, the first win. The next team is uh, the Houston Texans. So they lost to Kansas City. They lost to Baltimore Ravens. They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Vikings. This week they're at home to Jacksonville. Did they win that? Yes. Yes. Yep, so (laughs) that's a cracker game. They're revived. Yeah. Yep. Only for one game though, because then after that they play the Titans and the Packers, which is an automatic loss against the Packers. Um, so again, this yeah, they'll I think they'll beat the Jags. Yeah. So both of you, you're, you're both agreeing so far. This is good. To be honest, I'm going to give you the answer. I agree with you so far as well. Yeah. Lions is going to be first win for the Falcons, and then uh, uh, the week five for the Jags. for the Tex- for the Texans and the Jags. Yeah. So. Apologies, uh, Matthew, again, we're going to be talking about the two New York teams, seeing they're both 1-4. Which, which one does he support? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure at the moment. He just said he didn't like us slagging off New York teams in total. Right. So okay. um, I'll need to find out. Exactly. I'm sure he'll message us when he listens to the second one. If he doesn't listen to it, uh, he's disowned. So uh, the, Gi- the Giants, we'll start with them. They lost to the Steelers, lost to the Bears, lost to the 49ers, lost to the Rams. They're at Dallas this week. Do they get a win there? Nope. 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 Then they're at home to the Washington football team. What do you think, Kay? <laughs> I'll give you my answer. No, they don't win this game. I'm saying no as well. I'm saying yes. Right, so first difference of opinion. Uh, so that's Washington. Week seven, they're at the Eagles. Lose. No chance they're winning that. I think they win that game. Oh, screw you. Okay, Adam. week eight. <laughs> week eight, they're at home to Tampa Bay. 
No. No, right? Week Mate, nine. Mikey's got them on 16. <laughs> week, week nine, they're at the Washington football team. No. <laughs> week 10, they're at home to the Eagles. Nope. <laughs> week 11, they're on a bye. Did they get that win? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a win for them because they don't lose. Week twelve, they're at the Cincinnati Bengals. No, nope. Week no. thirteen, they're no. at the Seattle Seahawks. Loss. <laughs> Week fourteen, they're at home to the Cardinals. I'll just save you the time. I'm looking at the schedule here. I think there's a very good chance they go zero sixteen. I'm going to cut that out. There we go. They're they're gonna they're obviously going to win a game potentially against Washington in one of the games. But just looking at that schedule, considering that they've got no Saquon, Daniel Jones is playing poorly, offense is ridiculously bad at the moment, D isn't much better. They're going to struggle a lot. I just I can't <laughs> see where they buy a win here. So Kai says at week six at home to Washington, and I think week and seven I say away to the some Eagles. point past that. I just don't know when. Uh, you have said own sixteen. We have evidence of it here. You <laughs> went Giants own sixteen. Stone now. Yeah, and the last team who are currently winless, uh, the New York Jets, who I think less of than the Giants. Uh-huh, by the so way, so that's going to say something. Uh, they lost to Buffalo, lost to the Forty ers lost to the Colts, and then lost to the Broncos in the really boring slash exciting Thursday night football. They're at home to the Cardinals this week. No, no. Then they're at LA. No, uh, sorry, LA no. Chargers. I need to specify there. Uh, no? Chargers, no, no. Then they're at home to Buffalo. No. No. Then they're away to the Chiefs. No. 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 Then they're at home to the Patriots. No. 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 Then they're at Miami. Nope. Yes. No. So Kaido was week yes, 10 at Miami. Then week 11 they're on a bye and then they're at home to Miami in week 12. They'll win that one. I think they'll win at home to the, to the Dolphins, just not away. I'm saying no. I like the Dolphins. I think Tua might be in by then. Week 13, they're at home to the Raiders and that's where I think the Jets will get their win. At home and then to the just Vegas uh, And then just at the end, they've got Seahawks, Rams, Browns and Patriots. So I think that the two New York teams, I am sorry, Adam's brother, will, <laughs> will be 1-32 for the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's very what was it we asked last week if the 49ers would come away from this season with more wins at MetLife than then, any of, than the any of them well clearly I think yes it appears yes uh, but I think, I think week 13 just to clarify at home to the Las Vegas Raiders is when the Jets will get their first win I apologise New York football fans yeah I've got a friend who's also a Jets fan I feel bad yeah. for him at the moment well, maybe at least you're not a Giants fan that's very true with that little game finished if we can move on to our predictions after our two minute warning I need to find a whistle can I go will I find a, a whistle on my soundboard I don't think I have it I have, I have crickets that's our we'll, we'll, we can change it but that can be our current is that our current warning, one yeah. right that's our two minute that's a really poor like a ref struggling to blow the whistle <laughs> <laughs> um, we're yep. on to predictions Mikey so if you tell us uh, work our way through the games how who we who each person predicted to win and uh, who was right who was wrong and give us our scores Yep, so we just, if you want to just give the names of the games and I'll say who each person predicted. Yes, um, no problem. We'll just run through them. At all. So we started off with Thursday Night Football with Denver uh, at New York Jets. I think myself and Adam uh, were wrong in that one. Kai was the only one that he had the Jets. No, I didn't. He had the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos, sorry, the Broncos, and we had the Jets. Apologies. Yeah. 
Maybe we're being too kind. The scene is now we've predicted the Jets to win so late into the season for the first the first game. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Baltimore at Washington. Yeah, that was a, a clean sweep for all of us. Yes. Uh, no one was crazy to pick the underdog in that game. I'm sure no one picked yeah. underdogs in any of the future games either. Um, the Chargers at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay won that one. Yeah, I think we all had Tampa Bay in that one. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we're good so far. Well, Kai's better than us, but... Uh, Seattle at Miami? Myself and Kai oh, both had yeah. Seattle, yeah. This is the one we were talking about earlier. Adam took the Dolphins. Right, the, reason, the reason for this, I'll, I'll quickly clarify, okay? Seattle were travelling across the country. You know, they might be tired. That was my only reason for it, really. It's the sort of game Miami might be up for. Maybe Seattle were looking for future weeks for tougher matches. I don't know. Anyway, I was wrong. So it doesn't matter. Uh, Minnesota at Houston. This was a, an interesting one. I believe both of you took Houston. Uh, no. Sorry, both of you took Minnesota and I took Houston. Um, I just thought at home, I didn't know that they were planning on firing a head coach. I'd like to have that one back. But um, <laughs> you, you two were right on that one. Uh, New Orleans Saints at the Detroit Lions. New Orleans this is won. a bit of an interesting one. I had the Saints, and I think you both had the Lions. I don't know if you thought maybe without Michael Thomas it would have been a bit of a struggle, but um, Saints came through in that one. Yeah, that without, me, yep. without Thomas, without Cook, I thought, yeah, yep. the Saints will struggle. And it started well with Detroit going up 14 nothing. but if I knew now that when Detroit lead, they throw it away. If you'd known that stat, you'd have backed it, yeah. Uh, At least uh, you know for future. Exactly. Never back the Lions. Cleveland at Dallas. Cleveland won that game, obviously. Yep, I think we all had the Cowboys. We, I know, actually, uh, you had the Browns, uh, Adam. Did I? Yes, you did. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm only kidding. We all had the Cowboys in that one. I think we're wrong. I'll take it, but I don't think I did. No, we all had the Cowboys. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, I the think... Bengals we won all that. had Cincinnati, I believe. Yep, we all had Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina won that. Adam, you had Carolina, um, and Kai, you had. The, you both had Carolina. I had the Cardinals because I've got Kyler and, and Kenyon Drake in my fantasy team. But I'll know that for future. Exactly. Uh, New York Giants at the Rams. Surely we all said Rams. Clean sweep. Yeah. Buffalo Bills at the Raiders. At the Raiders, yes, it is. Uh, Buffalo won that. Again, clean sweep, yep. Good. The Colts at the Bears, Indianapolis at Chicago. Myself and Adam had the Bears. Uh, we, I guess we thought Foles Magic would have came through, but um, Kai was right on that one. Uh, you see, even as someone who fancied Indianapolis to get to the Super Bowl, possibly, that was my outlandish pick last week. Uh, I yep. thought Foles Magic might have worked, but it didn't. Uh, I think we've already talked about production for this one, but Philadelphia at San Francisco. Yep, so... Um, I think we all said 49ers, yep. Boo, Kai. Green sweep of uh, zero. Uh, the Patriots at the Chiefs. I hope we all said Chiefs. We all said Chiefs, clean sweep. And the Falcons at the Packers. I'm hoping we all said Packers. Clean sweep again. Indeed. So can you give us an update on the scores for this week and then the, so, the totals? Weekly score. Kai won this week with 12 out of 15. Obviously, one game was postponed. So 12 out of 15. Well played. Uh, myself, uh, I got 9 out of 15. And Adam won behind with 8 out of 15. I mean, that's still above so, 50%. Yep. So, obviously, we started um, only on weeks uh, 3 and 4. So, we missed the first two weeks of the season. So, current totals, uh, Kai's on 21 out of 31. I'm on 18 out of 31. 
and add him on 15. I am. I am and remember, this is for £100,000, so you might want to buck up your ideas. You two might want to. I was going to say, uh, I'd, I don't have £100,000, so I'll need to get... Uh... We have we have sponsors. Nick Mullins is... Uh, oh, Nick Mullins is pretty solid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Well, now that we know that Kai's the best at predicting so far... Um, that's somewhere that we can leave. I suppose he's good at something because we picked the good football team to support Mikey and Kai can pick we the did, so. predictions. Um, go pack, go. What we'll do is uh, we'll pop our predictions up on social media for the coming week when we've made them so that everyone knows roughly what the predictions are and then we'll talk about it at the, the end of the next podcast as well. So when we've all decided, I can post them up on uh, Just on some breaking news out of New England from this app that I'm not telling you about. Patriots star, cornerback and defensive player of the year last season, Stefan Gilmore, has tested positive for coronavirus. The team isn't expected to practice today, so that could have implications for their game against, I want to say, the Raiders yeah. next week. Um, that could have implications so, as well. No, they aren't, they aren't playing this. Yeah. They are playing at home to the Denver Broncos, so the fact that they are playing in New England as well could be um, that game could be postponed. You never know, especially the Cam and now Stefan testing positive. That could uh, influence uh, and 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 uh, be important as well for the Chiefs because I know obviously Gilmore will have tested negative before that game, but if he's tested positive now, you would assume that he would would have had it. Yep. And they're he, possibly he w- going to test all the yeah. Chiefs players as he, well. He, so like, he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have caught it. You wouldn't have thought since returning from that game, you'd have thought it had been from the initial outbreak. So, yeah. So some interesting news there to end the show. Yes, exactly. Breaking news, and we'll see if I can get this up early enough that it still sounds <laughs> like breaking news. Otherwise, it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll be old news by then. But thank you very much, Kai, and thank you very much, Mikey, for joining me again today. Yes, thank Pleasure you. Pleasure as always. Yes, thank you for this- everyone that listened last week. It's a little bit shorter this week. Not as short as I think we wanted to be, but it's a little bit shorter. We're getting there. We'll start talking I think, less. I think we're sub two hours. Aye, exactly. So we'll get there. Baby steps, as we said. Exactly. But I say thank you very much for listening again. And uh, we'll talk to the two of you uh, next week. And everyone can listen into our rubbish that we decide to chat next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you. As Mikey said last week, go pack, go. Fly, go fly. <laughs> <laughs>